thank you for your health. We thank you for your strength today. We thank you for, Lord, your power that is here to heal and to help, God. We thank you, Lord, for the unity and the love that is here right now, God, in your spirit. And we pray that you just help us, God, to, to nurture that in our lives, God. The devil's fighting, but Lord, thank you for victory. We love you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Matthew 25, verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one. And every man, according to his several ability, straightway took his journey. God bless you. You can be seated. A few weeks ago we started talking about end times. And... Uh, we talked a little bit about what we're seeing and the culture seeing in the news. We're not going to review much of that. We'll probably get into that some more maybe uh, uh, another time. But I want to really focus in tonight, just for a little bit of time we have here tonight, on our response to this. Right. It's one thing to say Jesus is coming soon. But you know, words are always so cheap. Yeah. I want to see a life that, that says, I know he's coming quickly. Some of you that, that that are fighting battles and really, really facing the hard times, are, are you desperately seeking God like never before? Right. I want to ask you, are you praying like you've never prayed? Are you digging into the Word of God? Are you faithful to God like you've never been? Because the devil's trying to do everything he can to tear you down. And we've got to meet that end time aggression. Right. With a dedication that says, God, hallelujah, I know. My life is ready to see you break through the place. Amen. Now's not time to play games. Now's not time to go through the motions. Now's not time to get distracted or caught up in so many things. Listen to me. Praise God. It's time to get serious if you've ever been serious before. We read to you uh, when we started this series from the beginning of Matthew 25. And uh, it's no coincidence that Matthew 25 follows Matthew 24. Right. But Matthew 24 is Jesus speaking of end time events. Yeah. Right. Talking about the headlines. Talking about what you'll see transpiring when it gets close to the end. And all the things that we are very familiar with. And we see them like never before. Yeah. Right. Things that we have heard about. Things that, that, that uh, prophets and preachers were pointing to and saying, hey... This is, this is that, amen. This is what God spoke of. This is what, what, what uh, prof the prophecies have, have told us are going to happen in these end times. But now, I believe we're living in the end of the end times. The Bible tells us in Matthew 25, gives us three parables that are very practical focus for the church in these times. What our response needs to be. The first few verses talk about the five wise and the five foolish virgins. Talks about how some were wise because they had their lamps filled up with the oil. Yep. They had within them the ability to produce the light. Yep. Can I tell you, even in the end times, when you're saying, hey, I don't know how many more. I, I don't understand why people think this. Trust, I'm not saying it's right, but I've heard people say, you know, we're so close to the end. I'm going to focus on I just want to make it. Hey, you need to be sh showing forth your light even in these times. The darker the day, the brighter our light needs to be. But 
there were five foolish. These aren't what I think of as folks that are not maybe calling themselves Christians. Because the Bible calls them virgins, but they were foolish. For whatever reason, they allowed themselves to become unprepared, used up their oil, and they were not concerned about being filled up. But something that we didn't really talk about the last time we preached this that I find very interesting is that as time progressed, the five wise and the five foolish needed a wake-up call. There was a watchman who's not called by name, not called the watchman, but the call went out. Behold, the bridegroom coming. And there was a response. There was an awakening. And I believe that we are living in that time right now where the preaching of God's word and the, and the sending forth of God's voice and His Spirit into the hearts and minds of people today. If you'll have ears to hear what the Spirit of God will say, He's saying, wake up! Yeah. Don't allow yourself to fall asleep and not be prepared. Yeah. I, I realize that people are uncomfortable sometimes with with preaching that isn't just uh, eloquent, maybe, and, and every word just a, a masterpiece. And, and, and when, when we're looking at coming up to the end, and we're looking at warning and getting folks' attention, and, and there's no time for that, amen? Right. I'm not really interested in, in, in just having every, every maybe I dotted and T crossed. I just want to see people get woken up and get, get excited about God, amen, and get this in their life. And, and not just in church, but when you walk out of the door, amen, when you're on your job, when you're in your home, amen, filled up right. with the power of God. Yeah. We don't have time to, to, to be afraid of having a watchman, having somebody say, hey, here's, here's how we got to get ready. Are you sure you're filled? Are you sure you're ready? Are you sure you got what it's going to take? Because it's going to happen. Right. The Bible tells us that those five foolish virgins, they have a lot, I think, that they could say, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm not out there just getting my life all filthy and being unfaithful to, to God, but they weren't filled up. And at the very end, they realized, I missed it. I don't have inside of me what it takes to go up in the rapture. And so they start reaching out. Start looking at some of the folks around them worshiping and saying, You know what? Can I get what you've got? Can you pray for me now? Can you can you help me now? Can you tell me, answer some questions for me now? It's too late. We we gotta go. Right. right. That's a desperate time. Yeah. Yeah. This is the the first parable or illustration that Jesus gives us of, of an end time attitude. Number one. We've got to be prepared. We've got to be filled with this. This lukewarmness is not going to make it. This, this living where we're up and down, in and out, and happy one day and just miserable the next day. Hey, I have ups and downs, but but you know what? God's always got me up in Him. Uh, we fight some battles, and we're fighting some battles, but you know what? You've got to have faith. you got to rise up to that. Tomorrow, if the devil starts fighting you at a higher level, you shouldn't be surprised at that. You need to go ahead and just, just get your... Square your shoulders back and say, okay, devil, you gotta, you've already had a fight. You're going to feel this. Amen. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to do whatever it does. But I'm not surprised that the enemy fighting harder now. I'm not 
surprised, but I am surprised when people that know this and, and, and know this and know this with all their hearts and they, they don't get filled up with it. Right. Just, it's no time to play games. It's right. no time to play church. Right. Amen. Amen. I was reading in Philippians, the third chapter, how Paul said, I, I'm pressing towards a mark. Yeah. I'm pressing towards a mark. Paul, don't you know Jesus paid it all? And he did. I'm not worried about that one bit. But you know what God does when he's done everything for me? He inspires me to do more and more and more for him. To look at my life and say, you know what, is there something that should have passed away? Some of those old things, some of those old habits, some of those old sins. That Hebrew says to lay aside every weight. Is there some things that maybe I'm not sure it's just that bad of a sin, but you know what? It's not everything God's called me to be. God inspires me in His greatness and His love. So do give Him my best. That's why the book of Romans says to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable. He's my sacrifice. He's my sacrifice. I understand that. But my life is now a response to that. I'm not earning anything. I'm I'm not trying to gain favor or get him to love me or hope that I could be so good to be saved. He's done all that, but he inspires me to love him. And he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I want to live for him. And I want to look at my life and say, you know what, God, you're so awesome and I love you so much. If there's something in me that is, makes you uncomfortable, you don't care for it so much, just clean that out. Rearrange my life. I think I said redecorate it. It's your temple. You live in this. I don't want anything that that you're just not excited about. Amen. Amen. So, we shouldn't be afraid when God is trying to talk to us and say, hey, there's some things that are keeping you from shining as brightly as you should. Keeping you from being filled up like you should have. It's so urgent. It's so urgent. And we talked about this, I think it was about two weeks ago. Now we're looking at Matthew 25, 14, and there's a, a second, and then also a third story, of, if you will, about what God is trying to call us to action, knowing that time is short. And the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven. Now this isn't a destination of where we're going, per se. This isn't a geographic location. Of, this is what heaven's going to be like. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, is what we belong to when we submit to God. And he fills us with his spirit, and and he's our king now. We're in this world, but we're not of it. We're a part of his kingdom. We've been taken from the kingdom of the enemy, and now we're a part of his kingdom. We live by a higher set of rules and standards, if you will. And um, so he's saying, this is how my people... Are and, and and live and, and do, and he describes it like a man that travels into a far country. Now we understand that he is talking about spiritual matters. So God's always with us. God's always in us, and he said he'll never leave us or forsake us. But in a certain sense, he has given us the ability now to not so much maybe physically be looking over our shoulders, so to speak, but he gives us the ability to make some decisions with what he has blessed us with in our life, 
with our finances, with our time, with our families, with our home. He's given us all these things. These aren't distractions. This is God's gift to us to be stewards over. And so he says, he gave one five talents, he gave another two, and he gave another one. Now a talent is a sum of money. A talent is this uh, is one of those places that I find in uh, especially kind of using the King James language, which, which is what, what I, uh, I, I appreciate and I, I, I love it. But, but we can get tangled up with this word talent because we think of he sang well. And he could play an instrument. And this person, you know, he was a good at fixing things around the church and, and all these things. But a talent is not uh, something that we are, are, are good at, per se. He's just saying, I gave you your, your life and your, your, I gave you something to work with. Amen? And, and really, like I said, it's, it's as if he, he gave them uh, credit to be able to go and do things for him. Now, it, some people get caught up in this. Some people really stumble, sadly. You know, you know, we ought to all be so thankful we're just living for him. Oh, we shouldn't ever have this kind of spoiled brat mentality. Why did they get to do that and I don't get that? God, why did you give them this? And it's just not yeah. even fair. We ought to be so blessed just to be able to say But God knows. I've seen more times than not people who've been given from God a place and a gift and, a, and, and are just, you know, God makes people awesome. God gives them awesome gifts to be used. And if you don't focus on that and you start looking at other people, you say, I, I want to do more and I want to, and this isn't enough. And you kind of kind of start envying somebody else like that. First Corinthians 12 talks about the hand saying, I'm not important because I'm not a foot and the foot saying I'm not important because I'm not a hand or the ear and the eye and those things. What I have seen people, what happened to people is they start kind of reaching for things that God's not put in their place. Kind of being like, maybe maybe that might be God's will down the road somewhere, but he's got you right here, right now with a purpose. And you forget about all that, it it becomes a stomach block. The Bible, in one place, talks about a novice, someone who is very new in the faith, that 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 may try to to kind of step over some boundaries and do some things that they're not really ready or prepared for, and they come under condemnation of the devil. So sometimes you can go out for battles that really God's not called you to, and find yourself overwhelmed in that. I've seen it happen, and folks that if they would just focus on what God has for them today. They do so well, but they step out of that out of envy, and then that backsliding because they get themselves into battles that God's never called them to. God will help you do what He's called you to do. Amen. So He's given all these some five, some two. Another He gave to one, and there's no competition. If not, we're, we're not going to envy one another. We're going to be thankful for what God's doing in us and just do with all we all we can with what he's given us. Right? The Bible says, then he that uh, received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. Now again, this word traded in the original language is uh, is to labor with it. 
as by an occupation, to toil. He took what God gave him, his, his gifts. Now remember, it belonged to God. This was God's. If God gave it to you, he, he's, every good and perfect gift comes from above. From the Father of lights. He gives us everything that we have. And now we take that and we are good stewards with it. We're faithful with it. And what God's given us, we're going we're gonna to affect the people around us, our family, our neighbors, the community. Amen. The people we work with, the people around us. We're, we're going to do the work of the Lord with what he's given us. We're trying to figure out, God, I just, I've got such a, a burden for, for, for you know, this, this nation. I pray, 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 but what's, wait a minute, what about right where you are? Right, yeah. What about what's right there yeah. before you? Yeah. How faithful are you in that? You know, the man who was delivered from a legion of demons, he wasn't legion. The devils were that many. Right. I heard preachers already call him Mr. Legion. I don't think he appreciated it. Right. That was with the devils that were talking out. Many there were. But as soon as he got delivered, he was clothed and in his right mind. So unlike like a lot of people in our in our community and in our culture today, but thank God that he'll clothe you and give you a right mind. And he says, Jesus, wherever you go, I want to go with you. He said, You stay right here, there's a work to do. Stay right here. There's there, there's people to help. There's people to encourage. There's be a strength to the people around you. Praise the Lord. I, I know a lot of times, and I, I, I agree, we say, well, the labor field is out there. This is where we come to worship. Yeah, there's a lot of people that need encouraged here. Christians need strength. Christians need. So I'm not saying this is where it begins and ends. No, you walk out the door when it's done, and, and you keep on shining that light, look to be a blessing and a help, and, and serve people. But the Bible tells very clearly that there's weak people. Read in Galatians, the sixth chapter. It says those that are strong, well, they don't need church, so they can go. No, uphold those that are weak. That's us. There's a lot to do all around us, our families, our friends. So no matter where we are, even when we're in church, building one another, edifying one another. That's why God gives you gifts. Read it. 1 Corinthians 14, it says, seek to excel unto the edification of the church. What? Wait a minute. The church, they're, they're building, they need built up. We're in a battle. We need to encourage and rally behind one another. So there's, a, there's a great work to do. A few hours you're in church, that's important. You encourage and you strengthen. But then you go out in the world and work and labor there too. Amen. Amen. So they toiled as a task or occupation to do labor. The Bible says how this worked out is this may be how God this is just an illustration. I don't think you need to really specifically find out just for actual details of what five might represent rather than three and one. But the one that had five traded and made five. Did he win five souls? I don't know. Did he? How was God? You know, I feel like sometimes I remember preachers telling me already when when I was a young Christian and feeling so discouraged, and I did everything I could to love and to help and to serve and and to do everything I could to invite somebody and and, and just make them see how good God was, and they still ended up walking away, and I felt so discouraged. And and I remember a, a pastor telling me, you know what, God's going to reward you just like it came in and gave their life over to God, and God called me to be a preacher. You did what you could do. Yeah, right. 
Remember what we said? The Bible says now you can't give a cup of cold water as a disciple without and, and lose your reward. God will reward you. So it says, likewise, he that received two, he also gained the other two. But he that received one went and dig in the earth and hid his Lord's money. I don't know how many people here today might say, that just seems so odd. I mean, who would really do something like that? But see, this is the case so often. When people come and receive from God, and rather than take what God has given them, God has blessed us. God's given you life and breath in your lungs. God's given you so much more than so many other nations today. You know, we're looking at some difficult times. You know, when you're seeing 499 up there on the gas thing, it's, it's, it's not pretty. But I, I'm sorry, you know, you can get mad at me if you want for not being just so fed up with how things are going. But I think about other people that I know preachers in other nations that are, that are dealing with people that are in poverty and taxes that are insane. Things that we're seeing us going towards, and I don't like it, but we're still so blessed. We're still so blessed to be able to get in our vehicles and come to church and feel air conditioning and carpet. Right. I've seen it. You know, I brought back the pictures. We were in the Philippines, and, and it was cement, rough cement floors and a rough cement platform. And, and at the end of the service, in 100-degree weather, just people coming up and, and, and not just stopping here, just going right up to the wall, getting down on their knees and just praying for an hour and then still praying and still just praying and praising and crying out to God. And, and here we are, so, so, having it so rough, aren't we? Can I tell you something? God's, God's been good to us. Yeah. And I want to thank Him every day for it. Right. But I tell you, the, the problem is that one person took that talent, took what God gave them, and rather than say, God, use me, God, help me be a blessing to someone, just here right now, even. Not looking to get a blessing, I want to be a blessing. Not looking to try to see what somebody's going to do for me, I want to, I want to be a I want to bind together as, uh, in this last day when the, God's raising up an army to fight the world. I want, to, I want somebody to know I'm with you. I want somebody to know I'm, I'm here for you. I want somebody to know that, that I'm praying for you. And I'll help you any way that I can. Amen. Sometimes we're in this last day and we're seeing everything. And we know we slip into this attitude that says, I'm just going to take it. I don't want anything to happen. Backslide, don't want to lose out. Too many people have already lost out. And we get this kind of defensive mode attitude. Because if you look what it says, that we move on and we might get back to this a little more next week. I'm not in a hurry, and I know you're not either. But after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. Jesus is coming back, and there will be a reckoning. He's going to call those that he gave this great salvation to. And the Bible says, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So he's going to see if we worked or if we neglected it. The Bible says, the one that received five talents brought the other five, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five more. And his Lord said unto him, what we all want to hear, well done. Well done. You understand that that word well done means something was done. Yeah. There was a doing. Yeah. There were doers. 
he took what he was given and did something with it. God will lead you. His Lord said of him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Sometimes we can be overwhelmed with what's going on in the world. Sometimes we can see everything that's coming against us and it can just just weary us. The Bible says, don't be weary in what you But if you could just be faithful in what God has given you to be faithful with, use what God gives you for him. He said, well done. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that received the two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I gained, I have gained two other talents beside them. The Lord said unto him, saying, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. But listen, that he that had received which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I'm leaving. And he's got a story to tell. And sounds like he's taking it serious. Sounds like maybe, in my opinion, he might be saying, these guys didn't realize, but I I knew some things that they didn't realize. Because he said, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and I went and hid thy talent in the earth. Look, there thou hast, that is thine. Here it is. I'm going to give you what I have. I'm still saved. I'm still living for God. I'm still like those virgins. I'm pure. I've been waiting. I've been ready. But did you shine your light? Did you do something? Did somebody see Jesus in you? Was somebody encouraged by what God is working in you? Did they see that light shining in you? Well, I was careful. do something for God, you risk being hurt like we talked about this morning. To do something for God, you risk kind of getting around some things you'd rather make you maybe maybe make you feel uncomfortable. But you see God working in people and God's love and care. And he said, you know what, I was careful, God. I, I didn't want to lose it. And the Bible says the Lord was angry. Lord answered unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant. Kind of pulled the cover off of his fancy excuses about thinking this through, and I just wanted to be so careful because I knew I knew about your judgment and I knew that you so I made sure I just kept this nice and clean and didn't get it dirty at all and didn't get it I, I, I protected it. And he says, you were lazy. You were lazy. Didn't have time to just get out of your own will and out of your own self-centeredness and shine your light to people that needed to see, needed encouragement, needed to see Jesus. And he said, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I straw not. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers that at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. I might just talk about that a little bit more next week possibly, but what he's saying is he's using kind of a banking term because that usury is just a little bit of interest. And what you know, what happens when you give put money into a bank, they're going to give you a little bit of a return. These days, way a little bit of return. But they have a lot of money already. 
okay? They're a bank. They know a lot of money. And they're loaning that out, and the idea is they're helping people, okay, buy houses, start businesses by, by taking all that money. And they're, and you, you know what, I think I'm just explaining to you right now, man. I'm not wasting this week. So you have a little bit. I can't do anything with this little bit, but if I put my money in with them, they're going to take that and all their money and do things with it, and I'll get a little bit of what they have invested in. So he's saying, if you were so insecure about not being able to do a lot, could you just help somebody else who's doing something? Could you get with them and add your talent and get behind them and encourage them? And you know what? When they get to heaven and get their reward, they're going to say, they helped me. They helped me. Hey, I want to tell you something. You might feel insignificant. You might feel like you don't have a lot to do. But if you can just get with other Christians and work together, two are better than one. This idea that, oh, I've got to just reinvent the whole wheel and do everything for God. No, God has you with a body to work together. And there's a greater return when we get together and work together. He said, you should have just given it with somebody who, who maybe they seem like they're doing so much more. Get behind them and say, hey, I want to help you do more. God, remember, I helped them. We're not afraid to, to bless other ministries and bless missionaries and try to do a part. You know, now I understand and don't 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 think I've changed my mind. I really believe our, our greatest focus is right here in this community and in this nation. But if somebody's doing a faithful work, I'm gonna bless them too. Help somebody do what they're called to do too. He said you should have at least done that. You could have got a little bit of a little bit of usury, a little bit of uh, interest on, on what you have. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto them which has that which hath ten talents worth. And everyone that hath it shall be given unto him. He shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. An unprofitable servant, a lazy servant, someone that can just sit back and, and and know what needs to be done, but never really bind together and say, "I want to help. I want to help. I want to want to be a blessing. I want to be a strength." Matthew twenty-four, just back a little bit. Jesus is talking about these end times. He says, watch therefore, in verse 42, Matthew 24, 42. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch or what time of night the thief would come, he would have watched. He would have stayed awake. He would not have allowed or suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready for an hour. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Listen, who then is a faithful and wise servant. Whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season. Blessed is that servant. Which one? Who is the faithful and wise servant? Who when his Lord, whom his Lord when he cometh, shall find him so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. Now's the time to start putting your heart into it. Not just going to happen. You've got to engage yourself. You've got to step out. You've got to pull together. You've got to look around and say, hey, how can I get behind what God is trying to do and work and labor for the kingdom of God? 
Wars, rumors of wars, antichrist, false prophets, all these things, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. Jesus says, be ready, be filled up, be working, be laboring. So often we look at those scriptures that he said, as in the days of Noah, so shall those end times be. For they were just laboring, marrying, given in marriage, business as usual, no real desperation, no real drive, no real desire to say, I want to do more for you, God. I want to be what you called me to be. I want to be right in my soul. Like, I want to be on fire for you. Just going on their daily business. Oh, yeah. God's real and God's real, but you couldn't tell when that was. I'm going to tell you, when you're at your job, you can be filled up with God. When when you're in your home playing with your children, they can see God in you. When you're in the house of God, you ought to be able to see God in you. It should be the easiest place for it. These last days, He's coming soon. It's not time to just say, okay, God, I've got what you gave me. I'm responsible. To whom much is given, much is required. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, I thank God for the presence of His Spirit in this house tonight. I thank God for prayers that have already been answered. Help that God has sent our way. These last days, I'm telling you, we are in a battle. But if Children of God could just rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to let them stop me. I'm not going to let my circumstance keep my testimony from just shining through no matter where I am. See, your relationship with God, that, that idea that we talked about being filled up with Him, the devil didn't give it to you and the devil can't take it from you. Be filled be filled with God's power and be doing His will. Oh, I thank God for brothers and sisters that I know are faithful. God's planted you. God's working through you. Your concern, your care for your brothers and sisters and for our family members and loved ones, for those that you're working with, those in your neighborhood. I I know, I know I... I see so little of it, really, but I know you're you're reaching out, you're helping, you're you're being a, a Christian neighbor. You're inviting, you're you're working, you're doing what you can to just live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. But in these last days, there's a temptation. There's a temptation for some to say it's so it's so evil and it's so bad. I just I'm just going to hold on to what God has given me and I'm not going to let go and I'm going to be so careful not to not to get dirty. Let your light shine. Be a faithful doer in these last days. Well, let's find a place to pray. Oh, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you. 
people, Lord. I know we're fighting battles. I know, Lord, we're standing against the lot, but God, you're greater. You're greater, God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. No weapon is formed against you will prosper. You make up your mind. Oh, when I'm at work, I'm going to do my best to, to be the best employee, to shine the light, to let them see Jesus in my attitude, in my work. When you're with your family, let them see Jesus. Lord, clean our vessels. Clean these temples. Clean these temples.